0: Hey, it's Queenie and Gabby here. Do you want to have a chat about law? Whether you are going for a walk or making dinner, then go have a listen to Let's Chat Law, the podcast. Welcome to Let's Chat Law, the podcast, guys. I'm Gabrielle Coates, a fourth year MLAW student currently doing the bar course at Northumbria. And I am joined by Queenie Mann today. Queenie, would you
1: like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Queenie. I'm a final year law student at the University of Success. Very nice to be on this show.
0: Thank you um, so in this podcast series we're discussing everything about why law um, myself and Queenie are going to talk about why we chose law and the decisions that most students face when considering a career in the legal field and we're also going to speak to three different legal professionals Chrissy, Laura and Thorin, who chose to work um, in the legal field and they're going to tell us everything about why they chose law and then finally you'll hear from our events team um, where Lucy's going to talk about all the events you can join and the previous events that have happened recently and then we will also give you a commercial awareness update.
1: So in this episode we are talking about why law, we're going to ask ourselves There are so many disciplines out there, like accounting, finance, business, marketing, economics, and literature. Why are we so determined that law is in our DNA? First of all, Gabby, why law to you? Um, I always actually
0: wanted to go into law from being young. And I know it's the typical kind of, oh, I wanted to be... Um, a barrister since I was like three years old and most people obviously cringe at that because it's simply impossible Um, but after being like involved in quite a lot of legal proceedings in terms of family um, at a young age I really started to take an interest in the law and then from then I kind of began to pursue a career in the law while studying it at college and obviously university Um,
1: so I kind of always wanted to go down the barrister route. Gabby, You wanted to be a lawyer since you were a child. How do you keep your passion until today? It's difficult. I think anyone that's doing law
0: or the bar course specifically, it is extremely difficult to kind of keep going. Um, I think that my passion for law kind of continues daily um, and like develops more and more. Um, And that's kind of why I wanted to be a barrister because I think that drags me through all the difficulties and I tell you somewhat like there is a lot of difficulties it is not an easy career path um and I think everyone would agree that it's it's hard to go through it and hard to complete everything that you need to complete without kind of losing um like faith and resilience like resilience is so important but I think I kind of develop my passion more and more through like mini pupillages um and I did that recently, like I did a minute not long ago in London. And I think then when you're actually really interacting with the people at the chambers and you're really taking in um, the cases and what's happening, I think that's when you start to realise that that's what you want to do, because it's more practical than university. I think university is very much academic, um, which sometimes makes you like lose your passion because you think, oh, is this what I'm actually going to be doing? But in reality, it's not. Um, so I think mini pupilages, and I'm, I'm assuming like when you're doing training contracts. So when you're doing things like that, it really gets your passion going. I think it's really important. But also, I think what's important is developing not only your passion for law, but other things that you want to do. Um, we're not all robots. We are human beings. We're allowed to have hobbies and interests. Um, so throughout my time of studying, I really started to combine different passions so for example I did legal webinars because I really enjoy communicating with people networking um, and then also like creating helpful resources so I started up the Bar Society recently for Northumbria um, and that's really interesting so we do networking events and that's also quite like in relation to law um, but it still kind of gives you something to look forward to rather than just the same legal work. Um, but Queenie, go on, why do you, why
1: have you chose law? Why law for you? Perhaps I'm a bit different from you, Gabby. I didn't start with law. I first studied journalism and worked for a couple of years at the radio. As a journalist, I reach out to different people and research on many current issues. I enjoy conducting research especially topics like judicial review, planning permission, and human rights. Eventually, I realized that law is something very fundamental to society, which is about individual rights and obligations. I also enjoy advocacy. I was part of some advocacy groups in consumer rights and patient rights. I believe that if you know the law, you can identify the boundaries and fight for your rights when you face injustice or abuses of power.
0: Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely to hear. Um, so why did you decide to change your path then? Because obviously you mentioned you wanted to go down the journalism route. Um, so why did
1: you decide to change your path? Firstly, I believe that the legal training I get at law school has got lifelong benefits. I get to think more critically, speak more confidently, and knowing the law really gives you a competitive edge, no matter what job you're applying for in the future. And that's the reality side. Um. Also, passionate about law because of my interest in following judicial review cases. I had a chance to meet the applicants of judicial review, and honestly, I admired their effort to challenge decisions of public authorities. They don't have a lot of money and resources, and they do not have law degrees, but they are trying their very best to fight for justice, and their actions somehow triggered my passion for law. Even though right now I want to pursue a career in commercial law, I still want to work on pro bono projects just to help them gain access to justice.
0: Yeah, I do think law kind of runs society um, and it's just such an important factor. And I think when people really have a passion for it, that really showcases and shows how well... um, like the society is going to be in the future, fingers crossed, anyway. Um, so, for this episode, we have invited three practicing lawyers, um, as I mentioned before Chrissy, Laura, and Thorin, um who all explain why they picked law, why law matters to them, and they may even give you inspirational tips and pointers. So, let's first speak to Chrissy Wolf. Chrissy is a well known solicitor currently working in Dubai. So, if you have her on Instagram, she really interesting some amazing stories and posts um and information about working abroad she is a founder of law and broader and super helpful on tiktok linkedin and instagram for any advice to pursue your legal career so chrissy why law hello i'm chrissy wolf freelance
2: consultant and founder of law and broader why law? this is a question you will get asked on almost all of your application forms so it's helpful to have a good idea of how you want to answer it. Now I think this is a really personal question so rather than giving you my answer, I'm going to give you some things to think about when you are planning your answer. The first thing to do is not to overthink what you think the company wants you to say in the answer to this question, because I guarantee no matter how hard you try to make it subtle or cover it up or make it look authentic, it's always obvious that that's what you're trying to do. The best answers are always really authentic answers. So I think the first step you should take is really try and take your mind back to the reason why you wanted to practice law in the first place. When did you make that decision? Was it when you were younger? Was it when you were at school? Was it when you were at university? And what was the reason behind it? Was it a family member? Was it something you saw on TV? The best answers to this question are the most authentic. So really try and think back to why you personally wanted to pursue a career in law, because that will be the best answer. Another thing to think about is that to put yourself in the mind of a recruiter when a recruiter is looking at this application form. Don't forget that trainees cost around £100,000, if not more, as an investment. So when recruiters are looking at these applications and looking particularly at this answer... What they want to be sure of is that they've got somebody here who really understands what practicing law is about, what a career in law is about, and that they haven't got somebody who's going to set foot in that room and then suddenly decide that this isn't for them. And then that £100,000 is down the drain. So, what I would say is try and back up your answer with as much evidence as you can as to why you want a career in law, whether that's from experience that you've had, whether it's from some sort of personal interaction, whether it be work experience or whether it be from a family member. some kind of personal reason that you understand about the law and really try and bring that home as much as you can as much evidence as you can incorporate into that answer the better and also of course try and make it unique but if it is your own authentic reason then it will be unique that's the best way to stand out from the crowd is really to make sure that your answer is entirely your own and that's why i'm choosing not to give you mine hopefully a few of those things will help you to construct a brilliant answer when answering why law and actually this is one of the rare occasions where you should actually use the same answer for all of your application forms because i think the reason why you're pursuing a career in law should be genuine so hopefully that's given you a few tips and something to work with best of luck with your application
1: forms. I'm sure you do fantastically well. That was Quissy Wolf, the founder of Law & Broader. Then I spoke to Theron Goffin. Theron is a lawyer working in healthcare law. She's also a practicing pharmacist and she's an amazing mentor for both law and pharmacy students, predominantly on Instagram and LinkedIn.
3: So hi, I'm I'm Thorin Govind. I am a a newly qualified solicitor um, and I'm a pharmacist. Um, So I've always had an interest in law. So um, I wanted to do some studying outside my uh, job as a pharmacist and my role as a pharmacist. Um, So I started the GDL um, and then carried on working um, and did my LPC. And then I ended up in a healthcare law firm um, so it's really great because it's obviously something I'm really passionate about, healthcare, um, and and to be able to really see it from a different point of view is it, really amazing. So um, why law? You know, it's always fascinated me. One of the first cases that I read about was actually about Boots when I was studying at U Law, um, and obviously Boots is, is a chain of uh, pharmacies. Um, so that was really exciting for me, and particularly if there's anything to do with healthcare, um, I'm really,
1: really passionate about it and so that's why law. That's so interesting and at what stage you have turned your passion in law into what you're doing now like when did you realize that this is so important to you?
3: I mean I've always been interested in law so actually when I was looking to apply for university I was tempted to put in an application to one law school and four um, pharmacy uh, universities because I was really interested in it, but ultimately, you know, I'm always been really passionate about pharmacy and healthcare. Nowadays, I think we're seeing more and more career changes in law, um, and I think it's great because it, it gives a different angle on things, a different perspective, and clients really appreciate that you know the environment that they operate in, so I think that's probably one of my tips as well, um, you know, make sure you're understanding who, who your clients are if you're applying to law firms as well.
1: And now it's like the application season and do you have any tips for some of us are doing the applications to answer the why law questions on most of the law firms?
3: Well, I mean, I think doing application season is always difficult. I, I didn't do lots and lots of applications, so I'm really not an expert on it. But, you know, I did get rejections just like everybody else probably has. Um, but I think it's really about being resilient and um, and, and when you're talking about your passion for law and um, really going a bit deeper and, and really explaining how that relates to your day to day life at the moment, for example. So you could have a passion, for example, for um, for the environment. So maybe you're really interested in, in environmental law. Um, so you need to really express why that, why those areas of law are particularly relevant to you as an individual, and also just back it up from some of the things that you have done, you know, outside of, of law, really. So at the moment, I am um, chair of the Royal Pharmaceutical Society in England, and so we're the professional body for, for pharmacists. And um, so I think, it's really important to just really explain some of your background as well, because they aren't going to know about it. They're not looking for it. actively. They may you know, look you up on on Twitter, on LinkedIn, etc. But you have to really showcase what you do. So I think that's really important.
0: Then I spoke to Laura Paisley. Laura is a criminal barrister um, at Nine Kings Bench Walk. Um, she's extremely well known on LinkedIn for her help and guidance, which she provides to aspiring barristers. Um, so
4: Laura, um, why law? Hi, my name is Laura Paisley. I am a barrister practising at Nine Kings Bench Walk in Temple. I practise primarily in criminal defence and regulatory prosecution. I was called to the bar in 2015 and completed my pupillage in 2017. I have been asked to talk to you about the question why law and how I would answer that question on a pupillage application and my answer falls roughly into three sections Uh, so here it is and I hope it helps. The first thing I would address in this question is when did you first become interested in law because every story needs to start somewhere, so you may as well start at the beginning. For me it was twofold. I'd always loved musical theatre and drama and so when I saw Richard Gere in Chicago I was very set on the idea of becoming a death row defence attorney not something that is very easy, you might think, to do from the UK, and the UK is where I wanted to practise. So I started to think about what I wanted to do closer to home, discovered that a barrister uh, was something I could do, and doing that meant that I could hopefully represent those falsely accused in London and further afield. The second thing that really cemented the idea for me Um, Initially, I had sort of thought about maybe doing English at A-level but what really got me into doing the LLB was when I was studying ancient history. When I was studying that, we learned about the civilization of Sparta and one of the first things that you learn about was that they wanted to codify their laws and rules almost immediately and it kind of just emphasised to me how fundamental the bedrock of law is to a society and so I really just wanted to get cracking straight away. So that gives the person marking my application a bit of insight into how I came to the decision to apply. Then what I would write next, I would write about the real life experiences that that I'd actually had to show that I'd transferred my interest into practice and really gone out and done something. So I come from a place called Guernsey, so I couldn't just wander into the UK courts daily. So when I made a trip to visit universities in London, I tied that in with going and sitting in the public gallery at the Old Bailey and the Royal Courts of Justice. When I was in Guernsey, I shadowed the deputy bailiff of Guernsey in the courts in Guernsey, and I think I just wrote a letter to the court and requested to do that. I also spent my summers working in different types of law firms. It wasn't always necessarily crime, but it meant I could then draw a comparison between different areas and why it was that I wanted to do crime. For those of you further along, it could be talking about mini pupillages, for example. But basically, the second thing is just tell me what you've done and what you've seen in real life. The final thing I would probably write about, so number three is probably the area that motivates me and what is going to give me the drive and ambition to get up and do that area every day. For me, it's waking up every day knowing that I'm going to be trying to hopefully fight for justice, knowing I'm a voice to someone who might not necessarily think they've ever had a voice before and representing them on a court day that might stay with them for the rest of their lives. For you, it could be contract law. Um, So I suppose talk about What gives you a thrill about contract law? Is it the nuance of clauses? Is it working closely with businesses? So what will get you out of bed without a moan and a groan? And why are you not going to get bored of doing that area after a year or two? So hopefully that kind of gives you some sort of a loose structure. So I suppose some final tips then for me, importantly, just let your personality shine out, differ yourself from the crowd, don't talk like how you think a barrister should talk just be you double check it of course for spelling mistakes get your friends and family to have a read of it and let you know honestly what they think it sounds like the final thing i would say is try not to embellish anything too much the last thing you want to do is go to an interview and to have oversold your knowledge on something and then when you're asked questions about it you don't really get anywhere so just keep it truthful keep it factual uh, and as I say try and show your personality so I hope that that has given you some sort of structure and a bit of guidance uh, on how I would go about it.
0: I'm just extremely impressed by their approaches to why law but I feel like there's something missing good job we have a short snippet of Tashan's talk so if you missed the previous Let's Chat Law event where Tashan, um, a trainee solicitor, discussed this topic
5: Law wasn't for me whatsoever. Um, but I did my A-levels, um, did my A-levels, played a lot of football, played semi-pro actually. Um, so after A-levels, took a year out playing football, getting a bit of money for it, really enjoying myself. But then realised that for me to go pro, it would take a, a much longer process, like going through non-league and league two, league one, and the money wasn't making sense. And I also knew my skill sets of reading and writing it was interesting in the world around me. At the same time, you had like the resurgence of Black Lives Matter, intersectional conversations of feminism. to so the more societal approach I said, okay, cool. I can write, I'm interested in society, got into law. So I did law undergrad and I went to work in what was a very corporate institution. And with that, you go to banks, um, consultancy firms, law firms, and you, you start to appreciate the corporate world a bit more. And then from that, it will catalyzed, went to um, Rare Recruitment, who are a contextual recruitment company, helping diverse talent find roles. Um, and then after a couple of vacation schemes in second year, secured a TC in third year, and had a year afterwards. Worked at ASOS actually, never like fashion first. Worked at ASOS for a year, really good. Um, wish I could go back just that time. And then before I knew it, I was at my law firm in March 2020. So to summarise, it was more of a it's a scenic route into it. Understanding my skill sets, understanding I care about society, but then still being open minded to the corporate world.
0: That sounds interesting. Uh, given that both of you do work in different types of roles from in-house to private practice, what do you think would be the major differences between the roles and have you ever considered going on to the other role? Um,
5: there's a question I'm asking myself. I think all junior lawyers and trainees, arts and houses, where do they see their career going? Do they see themselves staying to make partner? Do they see themselves taking all the skill sets and transition to a different sector? Do they see themselves taking the skill sets and transition to in-house? So in that regard, I'm still really understanding what I want my work life balance to be like. I'm I'm still also trying to understand how I can best utilize my capabilities with whoever I work with, whether that's me as an employee or whether that's me as a business. So the short answer is I have considered it, but for me, it's far too early in my career to be able to say yes, I will definitely go in-house or, or no, I'm, no, I'm definitely going to stay here. Um, but it happens to every lawyer, um, regardless of where they're at in the whole, in the Hatman House, in the whole private practice sort of trajectory and journey. That's something he themselves. himself. So I'm very much still considering
0: yeah, they, a lot of people are saying they're a bit confused and unsure about if they want to go towards private practice or in-house, then how would they go about it?
5: Okay, really good question. Okay, um, I would say it's really important to understand the private practice market. Um, to understand what your, what US law firms there are, how to rank them, and also how their business model differs from English law firms. And then within the English law firms, understand how Magic Circle law firms operate understand how civil circle law firms operate, understand how other city law firms operate as well. They'll understand their strategy, their growth areas, and also their competitors as well. And that can give you a flavor in terms of how you can grow within that business. They can also give you an understanding of what it's like to be a partner there and how direct, how they direct their policy. And that can help you run applications, being able to talk more commercially, more strategically, it also gives you a violent in, in terms of how ambitious the firm is and what type of work you'll be engaging in the clients should be working with. So that will give you a nice holistic understanding of private practice within England.
1: And that was Tashan speaking earlier on one of the Let's Chat Law events. It was amazing, wasn't it? If you want to follow and keep updated to Let's Chat Law, let's hear from our Let's Chat Law ambassador, Lucy. Hi, everyone. I'm Lucy, the ambassador's
6: coordinator for Let's Chat Law. Our ambassadors have just hosted our first in-person workshops in London, Manchester and Bristol. Our speakers for these workshops were Kieran Paul, who's a careers coach, former legal recruiter and the founder of Gradvantage Partners, as well as Hannah May, who is our founder of Let's Chat Law. These workshops were centred around the question of why you, and they helped attendees to find their own unique selling points, drawing upon their own experiences and their skills. It then helped them to apply these USPs within their own applications to law firms. We've already had great feedback from those who joined us, and we can't wait to see more attendees at the next one. Later in November, during the weekend of the 27th and 28th, our ambassadors are also organising an informal, in-person meet-up for aspiring lawyers. This will be less structured than the workshop that we just held, and will be a great opportunity to meet and connect with other like-minded aspiring lawyers, as well as the Let's Check Law community in your area. We will be posting more information about the exact dates and locations of these nearer the time, but we hope to see as many of you there as possible.
1: This is the commercial awareness update brought to you by the Last Chat Law team. So, me and Gabby will share our favorite commercial news stories.
0: So, my favorite um, story for this month is the the COP26 conference, so all about climate change and what we should be doing. So recently there's been um, a lot of climate change activists gathering around the country because of this conference. Um, So the conference is actually being hosted in Glasgow between the 31st of October to the 12th of November, so that's finished. Um, And this is where world leaders, negotiators, government representatives, businesses and citizens have all arrived to inspire climate um, action in the future. And I think this is so important for our future. Um, There's been a global commitment to halt the destruction of um, the world's greatest forests. That's been signed by more than 100 world leaders. And I think that's really important to showcase where we're going in the future, um, because I know climate change its worrying and um, it worries me often because I think what 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 are we going to be like in the future? Where is the world going to be? Um, so my favourite quote um, in relation to climate change is by Barack Obama. And he said that climate change is no longer some far off problem. It's happening here and it's happening now. And this just showcases that we need to be doing something right now. And it makes me question, what are we actually doing as a society?
1: And obviously the UK government is committed to achieve zero emissions by 2035. And at the end of the COP26, the climate change conference, the countries agreed on the Glasgow Climate Pact to face down coil and a roadmap to limit global warming and obviously, the UK government is committed to achieve zero emissions by 2035. And at the end of the COP26, the climate change conference, the countries agreed on the Glasgow Climate Pact to phase down coil and a roadmap to limit global warming to 1.5 Celsius degrees. And there's a trend towards green and sustainable economy after some of the FTSE 100 companies have signed up the pledge of the United Nations Race to Zero campaign. And that shows how important the climate change is about to transform the commercial landscape. The next news story is about Facebook, which has changed its name to Meta. This is part of the company's commitment to future technological advances to create a Metaverse. In the company's statement, it stated that Meta, the parent company of Facebook, is facing a strong competition from different companies like Microsoft, Google, Apple, Sony, and so on. So the metaverse concept is about that the company is pursuing something similar like gaming worlds with um, different 3D avatars, and its goal is to create a virtual shared space or a modern gaming world. So, in terms of that,
0: I think it's extremely shocking um, that Facebook have changed or are changing their name in the near future. Um, I think Facebook, since 2004, has obviously been founded. Um, and has flown by and become extremely popular. But I also think it's a really good thing and I think it'd be nice to see a bit of change. I think a lot of the other social media platforms have kind of taken in COVID, taken in what's happening in the world and changed and added new things and added new features to make it really up and coming. But I think Facebook is still the same old Facebook. So I think it's a really good idea to kind of make this meta and have it including a variety of different
1: things rather than just having Facebook. So perhaps you would think that Facebook is a growing giant monopoly in social media world. The US government has recently filed an antitrust lawsuit against Facebook, forcing the company to diverse itself of both WhatsApp and Instagram. So, in fact, there will be a massive development in virtual reality. On the one hand, and on the other, it's so important for Facebook to observe and comply all the regulations and antitrust laws and competition laws, and not to exceed certain market share. Um, but
0: after lockdown and after being um, stuck in the house i think we all need a bit of change so i think it's really good so guys if you have any other new stories to share or even have a comment on what stories we've shared today please tag us um using the let's chat law hashtag and then we can showcase other commercial awareness updates and opinions on Commercial awareness. So that's it for our episode today, and thank you for our amazing speakers, Chrissy, Laura, and Thorin. I think it was really interesting to hear what they think about why law and why they decided to go on their journey. And so stay tuned, guys, for our next episode of Let's Chat Law, um, where we'll be talking about why you. So this includes why should law firms or chambers choose you? What stands out about you, and um, how can you really sell yourself. But don't forget, again, to subscribe to the Let's Chat Law newsletter, the Join the Buddy Up program. Um, applications reopen each month, and it seemed to be extremely popular already. And don't forget to follow us online. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and that's our, obviously, Let's Chat Law um, if you want to listen to any particular topics don't hesitate to email myself and queen it at let's chat law at gmail.com thank you again